Welcome to Mary's Cup of Tea, the self-love podcast for women. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski, an author, speaker, and all-around self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that will inspire you to love yourself. A book that has been challenging me lately is called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall B. Rosenberg. I have my copy right here in front of me, and I wanted to do this unofficial book review because it just opened up a lot for me in terms of communication skills, how I generally approach things, thinking that I'm a good communicator, but perhaps sometimes being violent in the way I express myself. Now, quick little caveat on the word violent and nonviolent. I don't think this necessarily means that we're all talking to berate each other and to intentionally try to be violent, but there are very default ways that we unintentionally tend to hurt others. So firstly, what is violent communication? On the back of the book, I'm just going to read to you how the author defines it. If violent means acting in ways that result in hurt or harm, then how we communicate, judging others, bullying, having racial bias, blaming, finger pointing, discriminating, speaking without listening, criticizing others or ourselves, name calling, reacting when we're angry, using political rhetoric, being defensive, or judging who's good or bad or what's right or wrong, then all of that indeed would be called violent communication. So nonviolent communication is the opposite of that. It's the integration of four things. The author says these four things are consciousness, language, communication, and means of influence. You can read more about those in depth in the book, but the purpose of nonviolent communication is really to connect empathetically with ourselves and others, the world around us, and find a little bit more inner and hopefully outer peace too. This is a book written back in nine, in the 90s, and this is a process that he developed in the 60s and 70s. But in it, he talks about the four kind of tiers or levels of communication. This part was presented pretty early on in the book, and it really landed for me. You'll see why. When we are confronted with something we don't like, so say somebody is talking to us and we are getting activated by that conversation. Tier one is we have a tendency to blame ourselves. I should have done this. I should have said that. Feeling guilty, going inward, you know, self-flagellating and beating ourselves up for not saying or doing something different. That's kind of like being defensive. Tier two is we blame others. We blame others by saying, no, you're the dumb bitch, (laughs) you know, and we direct that energy back outward. Of course, that's kind of the basic example that we think of when somebody says violent communication. Level three is what we were taught in school, which is sensing our needs. Remember all those I statements that we used to learn about how to properly express how you feel? You'd be like, I felt like this when you said that. That is still level three. And the part that challenged me so much in this book, but try to guess what tier number four is. Sensing the needs of others. So the author argues, and I 
don't say this to highlight that I unequivocally agree with him. I say this just as like an alternate perspective that may help your relationships. The author argues that the reason why there is conflict between two people or between two groups is because there is a mismatch of needs. And this whole book is about how to sense the needs of other people, how to tune into that empathy and constantly bring it back to the feelings and the needs as opposed to being defensive or offensive, trying to be right, trying to convince someone otherwise, trying to prove your point, trying to be more understood. It really is a book about sensing the needs of other people and what are they really feeling beneath the words that they are expressing. Because we all know people that communicate violently, that can be anything from non-communicative to passive-aggressive to aggressive. And beneath all of that, there are just two human beings who don't know how to express their needs. One of the dialogues that is shown as an example, it's on page 61. It just really opened my eyes as to how this process could be powerful. And by the way, there's many examples in the form of dialogues and they have everything to do with Israel-Palestine because the author used to like work in those areas back in the 60s and 70s when the conflict, I guess, not started, but was as hot as it is now. There's been lots going on in that region. He's worked in like inner city schools, racial tensions, and couples therapy, and in so many different scenarios that this book highlights that I feel like nonviolent communication can be translated in. I read this example to my best friend, and when I told her about this book, she's like, I love being part of Mary's unofficial book club. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what this is. Thinking of doing more book reviews on this podcast to see if some of what I'm reading might be helpful to you. So if you'd like that, let me know. Send me a message on Instagram. About three years ago, I started putting together a playlist with uplifting, inspiring, and empowering songs. I originally did this for myself because I love music of all different genres, and every time I would notice a song that just made me feel good, I would add it to my self-love playlist. And now there are over 300 songs on my Spotify self-love playlist, and these tracks are perfect for when you're getting ready, trying to hype yourself up, or going through a struggle and need a reminder for how badass you are. If you love music as much as I do, then go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist to get the Spotify link. It will ask you for your email so that I can send you this self-love playlist. And full transparency, this will also put you on my email list where I send out a monthly newsletter about stuff I'm thinking about, personal things, things I don't really share on social media, and all the happenings in the Mary's Cup of Tea world. So go to maryscupoftea.com slash playlist and let's start jamming to my self-love playlist together. Back to this example that made me see how powerful nonviolent communication can be. It's called Bring Back the Stigma of Illegitimacy. Mind you, the book was written in the 90s by 
a male author with a certain set of experiences and there are some things he writes that may be a little bit activating, I invite you to take what's useful and then set aside the rest. This example is one of those activating ones because I just can't believe that anybody thinks this way. And I can picture that people thought this way back then. But basically, this is an example of a student of nonviolent communication volunteering at a food bank. And they were shocked when an elderly coworker burst out from behind a newspaper. What we need to do in this country is bring back the stigma of illegitimacy. The student's habitual reaction to this kind of statement would have been to say nothing, to judge the other person severely but silently, and eventually to process her own feelings safely away from the scene. This time, she remembered she had the option of listening for the feelings and needs behind the words that had shocked her. Side note, in case you don't know what the stigma of illegitimacy is, I think it's like having babies out of wedlock. I wasn't quite sure on that word, but based on my research, it's like teen pregnancy or not being married and then having a child. So the student responds to this lady who's like, we need to bring back the stigma of illegitimacy. And the student says, are you reading something about teenage pregnancies in the paper? And the coworker says, yes, it's unbelievable how many of them are doing it. And the student says she's listening for the coworker's feeling and what unmet need might be giving rise to this feeling. So she says, are you feeling alarmed because you'd like kids to have stable families? So you kind of like make an assumption and throw something out there that could be the true intention behind that harsh statement. And the coworker says, of course, do you know my father would have killed me if I had done anything like that? And the student responds, so you're remembering how it was for the girls in your generation who got pregnant. And the coworker says, sure thing. We knew what would happen to us if we got pregnant. We were scared about it all the time, not like these girls nowadays. And the student asks, are you annoyed that there's no fear of punishment for the girls who get pregnant these days? And the coworker says, well, at least fear and punishment worked. It says here that there are girls sleeping around with different men just so they can get pregnant. They have babies and the rest of us in society pay for it. Oh, doesn't that just make you so angry? How do you in that moment have the wherewithal to tune into compassion and still employ this method of nonviolent communication? Because I would just want to throw hands. <laughs> but the student centers themselves and she recognized that she heard two different feelings in this statement. One is astonishment that girls would deliberately get pregnant and two, annoyance that taxpayers end up paying for children born in this way. And so she chose one of those feelings to empathize with. So the student says, are you astonished to realize that people are getting pregnant these days without any consideration for reputation, consequences, financial stability, all the things that you used to consider? And the coworker says, Yeah, and guess who ends up paying for it? Suddenly, the coworker is probably feeling heard, right? Because we recognize that astonishment. And so then she moved on to her other feeling, that of annoyance. The author says, as often happens when there's a mixture of feelings present, the speaker will return to those that have not received empathic attention. That like blew my mind for some reason because it makes total sense why some people keep telling the same stories over and over and over again or some people keep 
coming back to the exact same scenario that is making them angry. And the reason why they're doing that is because they're not initially feeling validated in those emotions. They're not feeling seen, heard, and understood. So the author says, it is not necessary for the listener to reflect back a complex mixture of feelings all at once. The flow of compassion will continue as each feeling comes up again in its turn. I'm telling y'all this book (laughs) is challenging me because I consider myself a clear communicator. But after reading this, if I'm really to be honest with myself, being a clear communicator isn't the same thing as being a compassionate communicator. And that takes a whole different level of emotional intelligence, which is what I'm trying to learn. And it's, you know, (laughs) ironic to judge somebody in this way in the conversation of nonviolent communication. Sometimes you have to bitch and moan, but the people who are emotionally intelligent and who do have the desire to learn how to communicate with people in a certain way This book can give you the tools to talk with anyone and to find common ground and mutual understanding and just an overall sense of compassion for humanity when you learn to speak in this way. But I digress. Let's go back to the student and this coworker. So the student moves on to the next feeling that they're sensing. The student says, sounds like you're exasperated because you'd like your tax money to be used for other purposes. Is that so? And the coworker says, certainly. Do you know that my son and his wife want a second child and they can't have one even though they have two jobs because it costs so much? And the student says, I guess you're sad about that. You'd probably love a second grandchild. And the coworker says, yes, and it's not just for me that it would make a difference. And the student kind of like fills in her thoughts and she goes, and for your son to have the family he wants. And the coworker says, yes, it's sad to be a single child too. And the student goes, oh, I see. You'd like for Katie to have a little brother? And the coworker says, that would be nice. Okay, that went so many different directions. And when I read this at first, I was like, what? <laughs> because how do we get from those you know, bastard children are using our taxpayer dollars to the real true need and want and deep desire to have a second grandchild and ultimately compassion for her family that isn't able to afford one. At this point, the student sensed a release in her coworker. A moment of silence elapsed. She felt surprised to discover that while she still wanted to express her own views, her urgency and tension had dissipated because she no longer felt adversarial. She understood the feelings and needs behind her coworkers' statements and no longer felt that the two of them were worlds apart. So the student then proceeds to share her own needs and her own experience with this conversation. She uses the four parts of the process of nonviolent communication, which you'll learn about if you read this book, but in short, their observation, feeling, need, request. So she says, you know, when you first said that we should bring back the stigma of illegitimacy, that's the observation, I got really scared. That's the feeling associated with the observation, because it really matters to me that all of us here share a deep caring for people needing help. Some of the people coming here for food are teen parents, and I want to make sure they feel welcome. Would you mind telling me how you feel when you see these people and her boyfriend walking in. 
And then they continued this dialogue. So basically they opened up this conversation, tuning back to like, why are they here volunteering for this program? And also deeply listening to each other, really hearing each other and what each other truly feels and subsequently needs. Like I said, this book is challenging me. There are some examples that I probably would have approached differently or said something else. And I think it's one of those reads, which to me are the best ones, where you really have to set your ego aside and be open-minded to what's being presented. One of the judgments that came up for me around this book is like, okay, so now I have to learn this entire process and basically be everyone's therapist at all times. And then my higher self recognizes that that's not true, that I am reading this book and diving into this process and trying to the utmost of my ability to practice it, not because I'm trying to like be this perfect communicator and solve world peace, but because I want inner peace. And what's going to help me have inner peace is being able to communicate with my loved ones in a way that's going to make them feel seen, heard, and understood. And again, on the flip side, this process of nonviolent communication, it teaches you not only how to sense the needs of someone else, but your own needs. So when I'm feeling activated by a stupid Instagram comment, Instead of suddenly getting defensive and responding back and trying to prove my point and again feeding into this fear that I have of being misunderstood, I employ nonviolent communication and maybe I reread that comment and I see that behind all this judgment that they have of me is really just a fear of losing control or of not having all the right answers or that I'm not yet seen because I am so caught up in my feelings and needs, and they're so caught up in their feelings and needs, and we're never going to come to a consensus. But again, going back to that inner peace, it's me having that dialogue with myself. And the last few chapters actually talk about self-talk and how to use nonviolent communication with yourself, because there are so many times that we judge ourselves instead of observing ourselves and A big part of this book is learning the difference between an observation and he calls it an evaluation, but I would call it a judgment. There's a difference between saying, I'm feeling scared and saying, I shouldn't be scared right now. I got to be tougher. One is an observation and the other is a judgment. And that is a personal attack. So you can see how our communication gets violent, not just with others, but with ourselves. So this is a book I'm going to be rereading. It's helped me a lot in my marriage. I brought it into couples therapy. I tried to use it with a difficult friendship conversation that I had, although I must admit, I think I failed that one because, you know, things got activated and emotional and a lot of what I read went out the window or at least I wasn't able to employ it the way that I had intended. But I'm going to try again (laughs) and I hope that you will join me in this process of nonviolent communication. If you want to pick up the book, give it a read and let me know what you think of it. I would love to hear from you because can't say enough how much this book has challenged me. I hope this unofficial book review 
on Mary's unofficial book club <laughs> was helpful to you. And like I said, let me know if you want more of these to see what I'm reading and learning. Love you so much, and I'll talk to you next time. One last thing before we farewell, my self-lovers. If you've been enjoying the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave a review on Apple or rate the show on Spotify. You can do this by searching for the show, Mary's Cup of Tea. Scroll all the way down on Apple Podcasts and you'll see stars where you can click one of the stars and leave a few kind words. It just means so much to me because I'm so behind the scenes when I'm podcasting, so I don't really get to see the impact of the show unless you leave a review. And on Spotify, there's just a button that says rate the show and it'll let you put however many stars you want. Your feedback helps the podcast grow. And as someone whose love language is words of affirmation, your kind words mean the world to me. Thank you so much for supporting the show and helping me spread the gift of self-love. I love you all so much and I will talk to you in next week's episode.